1: Brad Biggs, Biggs time, Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs>
2: Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the score. We have Zach Zaidman in for David this morning, and what a delight to bring in the football man from the Chicago Tribune, a long time contributor to the station and a valued friend, Brad. Biggs joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Big Z. morning, boys. What's going on? Well, you're the man, Brad. And uh, you know, we got a, we, we played some audio earlier of um, of Warren Sapp saying that down in Miami, he's hearing that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields, and and you just kind of have to laugh. Because this, like the conjecture, we are, we are heading into rumor phase like you wouldn't believe, right? You got the number one uh, overall pick in the draft for sale. You got a quarterback that you're trying to build around, but maybe you should trade him because th- these guys didn't draft him and they've gotten rid of some other. It just seems like we're going to hear 10,000 different tales and stories before we actually find out what happens this offseason.
3: Yeah, and it's and it's just starting, right? The, the drafts forever away. Uh, if they if they trade the number 1 pick, probably the soonest that happens is the very end of March, like right. late March more likely, it would be at some point uh in April. I don't believe they're going to trade Fields. I don't believe they'd get uh a lot of value for fields, right? Like who would want to trade for him right now based off of what you look at, which is it's a guy who can make some fantastic explosive plays, but there's been nothing uh, consistent in the passing game. Uh, It has some uh, statistics when you evaluate the passing game that look really good uh, in terms of the deep ball, but it was a tractor pull uh, for them to get to 200 yards passing. Uh, this season. So um, I I don't think he's going to be on the move. I do believe they're going to try to improve around him. I do believe they're going to try to uh, develop him and hope that uh, the the better Justin Fields in year three uh, is a guy that you can firmly uh, get behind as an organization then at the position.
4: Yeah. When we heard from Ryan Poles at the end of the year, Brad, he was the first guy to mention basically what we've been saying, what you just said about how uh, the passing game has not been good enough, and he's a big reason why it hasn't been good enough. So, how do you develop him? What are the, the 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 tactical things they can do to help Justin Fields become the kind of passer you need to balance out what he's able to do with his legs?
3: Yeah, well, you, you need better personnel around him, right? And that's that's patently obvious to everyone that's watching it. And then he's got to get better in the pocket. He's got to have better pocket awareness. He's got to uh, be able to read it better. Uh, The ball's got to come out quicker. Um, You know, it's, it's across the board. And uh, if he can make those improvements, if he can ascend then, then you're going to possibly have something that, that they can really feel confident in. But right now, I think you're still in this discovery phase for the coaching staff, for the front office, uh, two groups that didn't uh, trade up to draft him, right? They inherited him, and uh, I think they're intrigued enough to, to want to see where this thing can go. But yeah, he's he's, he's got to get better. They've got to be better uh, around him uh, because they, they just—you've got to be able to throw the football to win in the National Football League. And this offense was uh, uh, was the worst in the league at it, and 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 they—it was just terrible. So any any spin you get on oh the, the the passing game was actually better than you think? No, that passing game was deplorable.
2: Yeah, it, it was rough. Um, so now here we are. We're watching the final four teams. This is where the Bears want to get to. Is there any one of these teams that you can consider kind of a blueprint for what they're after? I mean, I, I understand the idea that you want Justin Fields to become Jalen Hurts and have that kind of a jump, but I also look at the the Pro Bowl lineup around him. And I say, wow, you know, that's a lot of work to get to that point. Um, and, and listen, Hertz has been great. But is there any of these teams that you'll look at and say, that's the Bears plan right there?
3: Yeah, I, I don't know that there, there's one that you would look at. And, I mean, you just you just look at – they these teams are set up to be good and be good for a while. And – you would love to um, you would love to have a situation like Philadelphia and Cincinnati does with the quarterback on the rookie contract. I mean, Joe Burrows on the rookie contract for not much longer, right? You know I, I, there, a lot of people focus on the quarterback on the rookie contract and and it makes a ton of sense. but who are we kidding? Um, the Bears and just about every other team out there would take Patrick Mahomes in his contract right now. That would be a fabulous problem to have to have to have your uh, roster building restricted uh, by the contract of uh, a quarterback who is at an amazing level and, and has already been on a Hall of Fame uh, trajectory, right? Sign the bears up for that problem. So they I think you just look at it and you you know you see some terrific lines. Uh, now, Cincinnati's struggling there right now but these teams uh, generally have been good uh, up front and and they've got playmakers, you know, they've got playmakers all over the board. So I, yeah, I, to say there's a blueprint, I have a hard time doing that picking identifying one of these four teams and saying, Hey, here's the, here's the path here. Now the bears assistant GME and Cunningham did come from Philadelphia and I think that's one of the things that makes him attractive, why teams have talked to him about becoming a GM. People um, view Howie Roseman uh, with the Eagles as a real uh, shrewd operator, right? I mean, he um, is, has been next level with some of his moves that have helped them build that roster back up again. Remember, they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, things were looking great. They took a dip, uh, and, and here they are again. Uh, at an elite level with the number one seed uh, in the conference. So he's been able to kind of rebuild that thing quickly. Uh, How has he done it? Well, they're, they're sharp uh, with the salary cap. They are uh, extremely sharp when it comes to trades. uh, And um, they've made some good draft picks uh, as well. And he's aggressive. So maybe if, uh, Cunningham can impart some of that on what the Bears are attempting to do now. Uh, that will be a benefit that they will realize this coming season, uh, 2024, and and so on.
4: Yeah, for the Bears to be good, forget the quarterback right now. You need the general manager to be elite in terms of the decision making. I mean, honestly, because yeah, you know, he, he, Brad just pointed out what Howie Roseman did. He was uh, helpful in in getting Andy Reid, successful teams in Philadelphia, then had to take a back seat when Chip Kelly came in. That failed. They brought him back. He built a Super Bowl winner with Nick Foles as the quarterback. They had Carson Wentz when Carson Wentz was good, but they they had enough depth there to be able to win a championship. And then, you know, they have to rebuild and look at where he has him right now. And one of the things that I think has been so impressive about Roseman is when he makes a mistake – Right? When he makes a mistake at the receiver position, for example, he goes out and and has enough capital to make moves to fix. They don't they don't dwell on the mistake. They don't compound a mistake by keeping a guy just to make themselves look good. They get rid of that guy in Rieger. I think he's in, in Minnesota now, right? And they bring in A.J. Brown. That's that's how you build a good team. Admitting you were wrong in something, fixing the mistake immediately, but ultimately it's it's building a great line. It's it's building outside threats so that you can take advantage of what Jalen Hurts does well. There's the running threat. You know, teams have to play man because they're afraid, and then you give him weapons where you create these one-on-one matchups that you can't miss. How far away are the Bears from getting to that point?
3: Well, they're a ways off, and you made a great point about admitting mistakes and moving on. I mean, how, how many times over the last 10, 15 years only, have we seen the Bears with, um, you know, a player that you're looking at and you're saying, yeah, I don't know about this guy. It doesn't look like it's working out. And they continue to, you know, preach patience and development. And then you get to the, you know, end of the track and the guy hasn't panned out and they move on. So that uh, that's something that takes uh, some fortitude and guts to say, hey, we made this move, we didn't get it right, and we're going to do everything we can uh, to, to fix it now. And the, the Eagles certainly did that when they uh, made the blunder of choosing Jalen Rager uh, instead of Justin Jefferson, a mistake that will resonate in the NFC North for years to come with the Bears having to face Justin Jefferson twice a year. He's a player that uh, should get paid a whole boatload of money uh, this off season. so hopefully we get some entertaining uh, games on Sunday. You know, close games that uh, are enjoyable to watch because we're we're certainly near. Uh, we've got three games left, right? Two Sunday and, and then the Super Bowl.
2: Um, okay, Brad. So I, I I find it fascinating that you talked about the connection with uh, with the Eagles because I think that's the team we look at. Obviously. You know, this guy was hired, Ryan Poles, from Kansas City, and he has said on a couple of occasions, uh, remember where I where I came from. Now, if you do that, then you have to remember that Patrick Mahomes is like the ultimate unicorn, right? I mean a guy how do you find a player like that? How do how do you uh how do you somehow uh manufacture something out of that? Andy Reid I mean it's just a it is a really, you know. Zach mentioned earlier that the cheetah left in the off season, and here they are, and they don't have him. I, I would argue they've been maybe better because they're not using him as much. You know what I mean? They, they have spread things out. They are opening up the field more. Um, I don't know how healthy Mahomes is, but it's fascinating to think about what is the blueprint in uh, in Kansas City, and how do you how do you somehow uh, Repeat that when you don't have uh, the unicorn.
3: Yeah. well, The unicorn, you've got got to find the unicorn, right? You've (laughs) got to get that position. You've got to get that position right. And uh, you've got to find the unicorn instead of the boogeyman because the Bears have been fighting the boogeyman for way too long at the quarterback position. Uh, The home season, I, I really like your point there, without Tyreek Hill in that offense, like, I think it made it even even a month ago, even before Jalen Hurts was injured, right, with the Travis Gibson hit in the game at Soldier Field, I looked at Mahomes as like, this is the guy that's got to be the most valuable player in the league. Like, and, I, and I didn't think it was particularly close. And I know Hurts has been, Jalen Hurts has been fantastic this season. And a huge component to the success of the Eagles getting the number one seed in the conference. But you look at what Hertz has around him, and you look at how this Kansas City offense hasn't missed a beat since trading away Tyreek Hill. And I think that was a legitimate concern. How would Kansas City look on offense? Would they have to become uh, more reliant on the running game? No. Um, who would he throw to well he's got you know Marquez Valdez scantling out there he's got Justin Watson Juju Smith schuster they made a move for Kadarius Tony, uh Nicole Hardman Sky Moore I mean all of them will have to buy a ticket to get into the pro Bowl games if they would like uh, because they're not they're not going to be given a jersey so. He has been fantastic this season, and and I fully expect him to win uh, another uh, MVP award.
4: So when Paul said he would have to be blown away, what does that mean when it comes to, to Justin Fields? For Fields not to be the guy next year, he would have to be blown away. Can you define that?
3: Well, I think he'd have to identify one of those, one of these three, four quarterbacks, if you include Richardson from Florida, who I think he's intriguing, but far too raw to, to be in any kind of discussion for uh, a pick in that area. You, you just have to, you, you you just have to be blown away. You have to, you have to instinctually feel like this is a guy who in my heart of hearts, I believe is going to, is going to flourish. And you know I, I don't. They're going to have to. They're going to have to scout all these guys. They're going to have to look at them closely. They're going to have to do a ton of homework on a Will Levis. They're going to have to do a ton of homework on a Bryce Young. They're going to have to feel like they know those players, including C.J. Stroud, inside and out. Right? Because if they trade that pick, and uh, the guy, assuming it's a quarterback. That is taken with that selection uh, becomes one of these unicorns, and Fields doesn't pan out for the Bears. How, how's that going to look for Ryan Poles? Like the 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 majority of the pro Justin Fields crowd right now, I think would um, would rewrite history for you five years from now if that guy that goes with that pick uh, is uh, you know winning. 11 12 13 regular season games a year and making his team a, a a favorite uh in the postseason. so we'll have to see i don't know i don't think that that guy's there I tend to believe polls uh when he when he says uh that that they're going to uh they're going to work to build it around justin fields
2: yeah I do too uh, and you know brad when when he when zach asked that question I thought to myself like you know, it would be if you became convinced that Will Levis or someone like that. It it would have to be somebody that goes crazy in kind of the workouts in the. Yeah, you know, I just don't see. It. I I don't think it's on tape, and I think that you know Bryce Young. People talk about him. I don't think that that his height matters. I, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks that you know you don't throw at the ear hole. You throw the ball higher, like uh, like Drew Brees did. But but he needs to be bigger. If he if he checks in over 200 pounds, I think then you take a close look at him. But he hasn't been near there. And I think that's scary if you're evaluating him in terms of, you know, maybe the most underrated thing you need as a quarterback is toughness. You got to be able to take a hit. You got to have the size to be able to survive in the NFL.
3: Yeah, the, the Bryce Young thing's going to be fascinating when he gets to the Combine. And I, I was joking with someone a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, is there any way this guy can like wear some extremely heavy underwear, right? Some stuff that you know, can he, can he put some weights in his pants, you know. Uh, but I'm sure, there's, I'm,
2: I'm sure there's some... Oh, my God, that's to,
3: awesome. You know, like... Uh, figure out a way to retain more water. I I don't know when he tips the scales because everyone's going to be taking a look at that. I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, oh, like, awesome. And, uh, I
2: just yeah, love the, the image of, get, of the guy, like reaching into his underwear and pulling things out. You know, he's got, he's got yeah. like a five pound weight. There's a, well, wait a minute. Yeah.
3: Here's a, there's a small <laughs> plate. Um, yeah.
2: but you, you, you
3: gotta be really
2: careful when you talk about
3: <laughs> evaluating these quarterbacks in the workouts. Like the, you know how many teams have made mistakes over the years looking at some quarterback who's, who's got, you know, a script for a workout that um, he's drilled every one of those passes. Maybe the team comes in, it's a private workout and they've got a script for him. Well, whatever they're asking him to do, his quarterback coach has drilled them on it. He knows it's coming. It's like an, it's like an open book uh, exam and he's throwing on air and he might look super athletic is that one of the reasons perhaps for the explanation of the New York Jets falling in love with the Zach Wilson right like how the hell does that happen because he looks awful uh, so you got to be you got to be really careful and you you boy they tell you you know most of these decisions need to be weighted most heavily on what the the tape uh, from the, right. from the college season.
2: All right, biggsy We'll let you go quickly. Did you make any picks for uh, the championship Sunday? The, no, uh, I, the, I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. make any picks, but I, I think, you know, my lean would be,
3: uh, toward, uh, Cincinnati in the uh, nightcap. Nice. And in that first game, you know, I just, I think Philly's got so much talent that I that I like the Eagles, um, super impressed by what, uh, Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy have been able to accomplish together, but uh, that's a that's a tall ask for a rookie seventh-round pick to uh, to go into that environment and come out with a victory. As I said earlier, I'm hoping both the games are terrific.
2: Yeah, that's great stuff. Thank you, Brad. Always a joy. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend.
3: Take care, guys.
2: That is Brad Biggs. He is the football man of the Chicago Tribune. That's interesting stuff. I love that idea that he's got weighted wares, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Like you make a plate that is kind of R shaped, and everybody's looking at you like, "Hey, what? That guy's kind of got a big butt. Like, what? Hey, wait a minute."
4: Yeah, thank goodness (laughs) this is radio.
2: All right. It's Molly and Hall. We've got the great Zach Saban. 312-644-6767. Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
2: Mully and Hoss, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. That is some trash talk from Mike Hilton, the Bengals quarterback, saying, I'll see y'all in Burrowhead. They have renamed Arrowhead Stadium in honor of the quarterback, Joe Burrow. And that is really funny. You know, it's a real fun conversation to have with Brad about how, you know, what's going to happen in the offseason. How do you look at this thing? What is out there, Zach? And um, and you asked a great question. You know, when when you hear uh, the general manager say, "I'd have to be blown away," um, you, you know, you you look at the top prospects, and I don't know that they can achieve that. I don't know that he's going to be blown away by C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or uh, you know, uh, Bryant Bryant Young, I, I, uh, Bryce Young. Excuse me. I just don't know. That that's possible, and, and biggsy threw in Anthony Richardson, who is a really interesting prospect. I don't know that he's a first-round prospect in my mind. I think he'll be taken in the first round, but I think he is so raw that he'd be the kind of guy. You know what was uh, what what was uh, Jalen Hurts a fifty-third overall pick? Mm-hmm. If you could get. Him in the second round like that, I, I definitely thinks that's worth uh, taking a chance.
4: You know, it's interesting because once you once you hit the combine, that's where the traits, uh, yes, come to fruition. And there are a lot of general managers that that go off of traits only. That that's that's the top thing that they look at because unless you have the size, speed, and the measurables. It doesn't matter how good of a football player you are. It's going to be very difficult for you to succeed at the NFL level. And I understand that way of thinking. And there are teams that have been built using that method that have been successful. My thing is, though, at the quarterback position, I think it's, it's, it's the one position more than most that you can have all the great measurables in the world. But what matters is what you see on tape on game day. The ability to process, that's more important than anything else because if you have great size and great speed, that, that looks really cool. But if you can't quickly process what's happening pre-snap and post-snap because that's, that's the job of a quarterback, you're solving a puzzle. If you can't do that, it's very difficult to have success at the NFL level.
2: Listen, I'm not arguing that fact, but I, I think when you talk about um, Justin Fields in particular here in Chicago, I think that obviously you need to be able to do that better than you've been doing it, but I think that can be learned. I think that's what the Jalen – Jalen Hurts became a better quarterback because he understands things better. You know, he also – he is throwing the ball better. He has, He has become a better passer – Because he works at it. That guy works like crazy. And I think Justin Fields is a hardworking guy. And I think the second year in the system, there is a good possibility that he will improve um, fairly dramatically. I I think what we saw from him this year, and they really leaned into it, is he he showed his athleticism. Listen, I watch a ton of Ohio State football. Uh, I have since I was a kid. And I I watched his career, and he never – he never looked like he looked in the NFL where he was just taking the ball and running. He was, he was a passing quarterback. And, I mean, he has great athletic ability, obviously, and he can take a hit and he can keep on ticking. But, I mean, he got better as a runner as the year went on. He literally got better in front of our eyes.
4: Right, I think what what happened was at Ohio State, you had NFL play there's an advantage at every position over your opponent in nearly every game that Justin Fields suited up in college especially in the Big Ten and you could wait you could take your time and wait for the third receiver to run a crossing route because you knew ultimately he would get open and then that would lead to a big gain. you don't get that kind of advantage in the NFL and you can't wait that long to get rid of the ball. I don't think Jalen Hurts had an issue processing. You talked about what his issue was, and that was passing the ball, not processing, yes. but, but yeah. passing the ball. And what the Eagles did, because they had a terrific offensive line last year, I think that yes. the difference was they get the ability to run that Hurts has, that Fields has. What it does is it prevents teams from defensively playing in a zone. So now you can create one-on-one matchups. But you have to have the personnel to do that. And the Eagles have it across the board.
1: Yes.
4: And, and you saw when they added A.J. Brown and, and to, to the mix. Now, how do you stop those guys? If, if the quarterback can run, you have to account for that. And if if you're able to get the ball to the one-on-one matchup that you know you can win and, you're, and you accurately get the ball there, you're going to have a lot of success. And that's why the Eagles have been uh, in the position that they've been in this year. How many years is it going to take for the Bears to? And you don't have years to fix it. You don't have years because again, he is on his rookie contract. Yes. So yes. that and and you wanted to, and if you don't think that's a big deal, look at it's Buffalo. They gave yeah. Josh Allen the deal. They don't have enough around him, and now they're going to have a very difficult time building that team up to the level that you see Kansas city at Cincinnati at. And that is an issue and you can't ignore that. Um, Well, look
2: at, look at uh, Kansas city, right? They paid Patrick Mahomes. So they had to get rid of Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's as simple mm-hmm. as that. You just couldn't afford because once you start paying the quarterback, then you can't afford, you know, Joe Burrow, I would pay whatever he's going to want because he's right when he says, He's asked, uh, you know, how long can you guys remain in contention? And he he basically says, well, as long as I'm here. And and that is true, frankly. I mean, he's really good. And and look at his career. That's pretty extraordinary that he starts out at Ohio State and he can't get anywhere and he has to transfer to LSU. And he's basically kind of a one-hit wonder, right? Mm -hmm. One glorious year, mind you, national championship and all the rest. But, you know, a mature – um, kind of a guy that's been through a lot and all of a sudden it all clicks in. And then he gets in the NFL and he's been exactly the player you thought he was when he was taken first overall. Right? And
4: to, and, but to be fair, when it comes to Justin Fields, and you heard this talk this year, especially uh, from Ryan Poles in, in his interviews with Jeff Joniak on the pregame show down the stretch of the season and in, in the uh, postseason yep. news conference, Justin Fields had some growing up to do as a leader. From year sure. one to year two. They, they, but he, he did it. Exactly. But so he's not at the same level as, as Joe Burrow. And and again, like each year is, is taking up more time and you don't have a lot of time left. Because basically, if you don't well, see the full growth next year on the field, Bears are going to be in a position where they have to make a, a critical decision.
2: Yeah, I don't know that they are, uh, Zach. I think that he he needs to get a lot better. I think he will get better. And I think that that then you have the the next year. He got two years left. He, he, the rookie deals are five year contracts, so he's done with three years. You wasted one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now you're you're. I mean, well, I guess it's it's going into his third year, right? Correct. So you you actually have time for him to get better before you have to make. It's four year deals, right? A rookie deal, first round picks four, five after that. So he's got two more years he's he's gone he's he's come a long way in two years last year he didn't have a lot around him and now you know if 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 you are from Kansas City and you say look where i came from that means you believe in offense and you're going to build a a bloody offense now you know they need everything on defense don't get me wrong i understand they don't have the pieces to to you know be able to rush the passer. They couldn't do that last year. Their defensive line is just woeful mm-hmm. and it's gotta get better. And they gotta get better in the front seven. You know, there's nothing wrong with them that won't be fixed by four new starters. But but that's a big ask. I wanna see what they do on that offense. You know, I, I mean honest to God, I, I think Cole Komet is, is good and had a breakthrough. I'd get another tight end. Well here's the thing I, I'd get another wide receiver. I get I get uh, you know, make sure I've got the same running game and I'd improve on both sides of the line of scrimmage.
4: This is the problem that the Bears face. Okay. When you look at this draft, you talk to the experts, they'll tell you that the strength of this draft, the pass rushers, yes, cornerbacks, it's a great tight end draft. But again, when now going back to what Ryan Pohl said about fixing the offense, it is not a great draft at the receiver position. One of the big reasons they, they gave up such a valued high second round pick yes. to acquire Chase Claypool. When you look at the free agent market for the receiver position, right. it, you don't have not the, good, it, right? Yeah. See, and no and, depth, and yeah. that's that's part of the problem. So that's why I keep saying, like, I I think the the improvements but, that you're going to see the Bears make in the draft, assuming they they trade down and they get a little bit of a haul, whatever. it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball more so than the offense. The greatest improvement has to come from the quarterback himself being able to take that next step in his development because he's not going to have an ideal situation around him.
2: He'll do that if you get better at the line of scrimmage, right? I mean, I I do believe in the idea of building, you know, inside out. I do think that's important. But I I also, you know, remember what happened last year, right? Uh, A.J. Brown. That trade happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Devontae Adams is traded. Tyreek Hill is traded. You can – you know, the Bears can afford anyone. If they want to, they can go out and and pursue the best receiver money can buy and give up whatever to get that player in here, and that would make everybody else kind of fall in line behind him. So I I disagree with the idea that you can't improve – um, I think you can. I think you can get better uh, by making a big trade, if that's what you need to do. But they need starters. They need a lot of them. They that's need what to be significantly it, it, better on the on both sides of the line of scrimmage.
4: But if you make those trades that everyone want, is talking about, now you're limiting your ability to overall improve your football team.
2: Well, I, I mean, that's what's interesting. I think that if you trade down and still get – you know, one of the defensive linemen, you know, you obviously can't trade very far. Mm -hmm. And if you decide to trade far, then you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to figure out how to, to use the picks that you have. You'll get picks moving forward. It's not just this draft. You want picks next year's draft and the year after that. And then, then you can start packaging some stuff and then you could make a deal like that. I'm not suggesting that uh, that they trade the first overall pick or anything like that. I think, you know, because they gave up the 30 second pick for Chase Claypool, they've got to make that work number one number two, they've got to get uh, more out of that number one pick because you can't have just one pick in the top 50 in this draft. you need right. more
4: and you so, also and again, you need the quarterback to take the kind of jump that say we saw Daniel Jones take this right, past season right, right. because uh, and and is it unfair? To expect that much out of Justin no, Fields? No, it's no, it's, it, it's not, yeah. and that's why it, it sounds. Boy, he's being really tough on him, or uh, you know, you don't like him. I, I, just think the Bears gave up a whole lot to acquire Fields, and they, this, yeah. this group did not do that. The the people that are in charge at Hallis Hall did not give up that stuff to bring Fields in. So if you're gonna ta- if you're gonna say to yourself. If you're Ryan Ryan Poles, if you're going to and Matt Iberflus, and we don't know exactly what they think about him, yeah, it's
2: it's an interesting conversation. We'll continue it a little bit later. We've got Joe Fortenbaum next. Joe, of course, a Philly native. This is going to be a fun conversation with our man in Vegas. It's Mully and Hall. We've got Zach Zabman on the score. at Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. David is off today, and we have Zach Zaidman in, and now we welcome in the man himself. Get out your pencil, get out your paper. He is our man in Vegas, Joe Fortenbaugh. You see him on the uh, on the four-letter network weeknights at five on the Daily Wager. He is uh, always well-groomed, well-dressed, and always has great ideas, and Joe I've been thinking about you, buddy. I've been thinking about uh, Fly Eagles Fly, and uh, it's got to be a week uh, end of torment for you. Gentlemen,
0: it's not what you think. It's not what you think. I'm jammed up here, and I'd imagine the great people of Chicago can probably provide some, some advice. Yes, my beloved Philadelphia Eagles are in the NFC Championship game, but that's only half the equation here, gentlemen. As you know, I married into Bill's Mafia. Um, we are... <laughs> In in a precarious DefCon three sort of situation here in the household because I may I may have made a I may have made a slight blunder uh, following the Bengals upset win over Buffalo. I go up to my wife, I put my arm around her. I don't know why I thought this was going to work, and I look at her and I go, "It's okay. At least one of our teams got through." And and that that didn't land very well. It did not land very well. Now complicating issues. Her parents are scheduled to be here tonight for a nice little stay. Uh, My oldest has a birthday coming up, so, you know, this time of year we all get together. So Sunday in the household is going to be an interesting one with uh, how I choose to go about conducting my business with everyone else still trying to get over that loss.
2: And and the kids were born in San Francisco, so even your children are against you.
0: <laughs> let, let me let me b- bring this one up to you. So they're six and four, and any time they see me watching a game, they always ask the name of the other team if they don't recognize it by now. And I tell them, and then the first thing they do is look at me. So say it'll be Philadelphia versus the Giants. Oh, who are they playing? The Giants. Go Giants! Always the first thing. <laughs> Always the first thing. So so it doesn't matter that they were born in San Francisco. I'll be getting trolled from them. So so that's kinda I guess the karma. Like on one end, Philly is advancing, Buffalo didn't. Like I have that moment to shine. And then the children just bring me right back down to Earth.
2: <laughs> so
0: there it beautiful. is. There it is. Uh, thanks for having me this week. I gotta get back to my problem.
4: <laughs> All right, give us the picks. Oh, Come on. God,
0: All right, awesome. so let's let's <laughs> let's start at the end championship how about we do that um i'm gonna run through a few things here as you guys know point spread's been all over the place one book opened kansas city minus three immediately took cincinnati money because of the injury we saw it go all the way to cincinnati minus two and a half so a five and a half point move before wednesday when the mahomes zapruder video came out showing him gingerly (laughs) walking around Suddenly, Kansas City money came in. I'm trying to figure out, like, what did we expect there? Did we think he wasn't going to have legs when he went to practice, and then when people saw he had legs, they started betting the Chiefs? It's not like he was sprinting, so I don't know. We we now now it's come all the way back to Chiefs minus one and a half at some shops. I have a lean to Cincinnati here. It's a small wager. Kansas City in the last five years with Mahomes at quarterback, they've been top three in the NFL in third down conversions. Every single year. That's because of his ability to use his legs, to buy extra time in the pocket, to let his receivers get open down the field. I don't think he's going to have that mobility. You know, he also ran for 358 yards and four scores this year. He's not just in fields, but he picks up plays with his legs. So if you limit that, you limit that offense. So I find myself leaning to Cincinnati. So it's a small wager. I also like the under 47 and a half. For all the reasons I just brought up about Mahomes, but also the Cincio line. You know, they were down multiple starters last week in Buffalo. It was a huge talking point. And then nobody pressures Joe Burrow at all in that game, so we think that problem's solved. Remember, that game was in the snow. Snow historically has shown it can slow down a pass rush because of the footing issues. So you're not going to have that this week. I think Kansas City's going to be able to get after Burrow a little bit more. Lower scoring game. Some props for you. Jamar Chase over 82.5 receiving yards. The Chiefs ranked 31st in the NFL defending opposing number one wide receivers, they're terrible. Every number one has had like a star game against them. So we're going to play Chase. Isaiah Pacheco, the Chiefs running back, under one-and-a-half receptions, under six-and-a-half receiving yards. He's not used much in the passing game. Twelve total targets all year, just one target against Jacksonville. Hayden Hurst, the Bengal tight end, over three-and-a-half receptions. Guy had two receptions on nine snaps against the Chiefs before he got hurt earlier in the season. I think he has a good day. And then Joe Mixon under three-and-a-half receptions. Everybody loves Mixon, but here's the thing. Um, The backup, Samaje Pirine, is the better blocker. And when you have a banged-up offensive line, they need to use him more in pass protection. They also like to throw the ball to him more often as well. So four props for you. Chase over 82-and-a-half receiving yards. Pacheco under one-and-a-half receptions and and six-and-a-half receiving yards. Hayden Hurst, over three and a half receptions. Joe Mixon, under three and a half receptions.
2: And I'm sure, Joe, you've saved the best for last. You got yeah, so
0: here we go. Emotions, right? Emotions. Now, people are listening to this like, yeah, yeah, we wish we were in the NFC Championship game. This guy and his problems, it's a great thing to have. <laughs> also, remember, I'm 42 years old. I, I watched the uh, NFC Championships against the Rams, Loser, Bucks loser. Carolina Panthers inexplicably, loser. A few years later against Arizona, loser. When they finally broke through with McNabb, he'd it up in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, loser. So it's, you know, it's not all roses for me, as we've already detailed earlier in this discussion. So here's what we're going to do with this game. I do have a bet to Philadelphia, and I know at two and a half, everyone's going to think it's a homer sort of thing. Believe it or not, if you watch Daily Wager, I bet against my teams more than I bet on them. The thing is, Brock Purdy's only been on the road twice this year. Seattle and the Raiders, those teams are not in the top 20 in defense. Philly's sixth. They're number one against the pass. The link is going to be extremely hostile, and it's going to be a tough offense to slow down. Now, I don't think last week, very confident, Philadelphia over the Giants. Not very confident in this matchup. The Niners are fantastic on defense. Philly's weak spot is the run defense. That's what Kyle Shanahan does better than anything. It's what keeps Brock Purdy in this game, the ability to run the ball. But remember, Christian McCaffrey battling that calf contusion, so that's something to consider. So it's a small wager on Philadelphia. I'm not going nuts. I also lean to the under in that game because these are two teams that love to run the ball, so I think we're going to see the clock moving quite a bit. But again, that's just a lean a little bit as well. A few props for you. Unfortunately, it's not a big cachet like the last one. I'm betting Jalen Hurts to throw an interception in this game. It's a plus-money wager. He's thrown picks in two of his last three games. Niners lead the NFL in interceptions. I think he'll get confused against this defense at least once. Trey Greenlaw, the Niners linebacker, over 8.5 tackles. Big number, but he averages 8.4 per game on the season. And Philly ranks top three in rushing attempts per game. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for Greenlaw to rack up some tackles. And then as I'm working my way around trying to figure out some of the other props, that so we're hoping to get more by the time we get to kick off, my favorite is probably Brock Purdy. Over nine and a half rushing yards. It's the playoffs. Quarterbacks throw their bodies and caution to the wind. I think he's going to take off. We've seen him run for at least eight yards in each playoff game, and Philadelphia is giving up the fourth most rushing yards to opposing running backs this season. So I think there's good opportunity for Purdy facing the top pass defense, drops back, doesn't see anything, take off and run. Over nine and a half rushing yards. I think that's your top prop there.
2: Oh, Joe, that's fantastic stuff. I got to tell you, it, it's going to be a great weekend. I hope these games are as good as they look because it's wide open according to uh, everything you see everywhere. It's going to be tons of fun.
0: Yeah, I'm not thinking about that. I, I got a lot to navigate here, all right? I'm walking through. This is like that that demilitarized zone between North and South Korea with all the yeah. landmines that are out there. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's very careful. I have to be careful what I say. I got to be careful what I do. Obviously, the drinking will once again be questioned, but there's nothing new on that front. Uh, that's a standard <laughs> day at the office here in these parts. So I'm going to work my way through it, and then I'm going to speak to the great people of Chicago once again, and we'll be getting ourselves
2: ready for the Super Bowl. Joe, you're the best. God bless you. Love you, boys. Take care. Love you, Chicago. That is Joe Fortenbaugh, and he does love to find people in Chicago. And he comes into town, and we've gone out. He's bought drinks for the whole bar. I mean, what a what a wonderful human. Anybody that will buy me a drink, wonderful human. Ugh. Is that just me? All right, 312-644-6767. I want to talk about a couple of things he said there, uh, Zach. I think that is uh, a, a very interesting stuff. The the road uh, numbers for the, uh, for, for Brock Purdy. Very interesting. Want to talk about what San Francisco has to go through and, uh, and we'll get into that next. It's Mully and at Chicago sports radio, six, seven, the
1: score.